Welcome into the Celtics Life Podcast. We have a great shot to win it, according to Marcus Smart, right after he re-signed. With the Celtics, we'll be breaking down Smart's deal, along with how Kawhi Leonard being traded to the Raptors affects the Seas, and so much more. I'm Topher Lane, here with Justin Quinn. Justin, how's it going, man? I am doing pretty well. Well, we want to start by thanking everybody for listening, and also that we'd really appreciate it if you subscribe and rate us five stars, or leave a review on any one of our articles, or any one of our posts, or anything like that. But, let's jump straight into Marcus Smart, who's now a Celtic for at least four more years. What do you think? Well, uh, one thing that I think is I'm seeing a lot of people who are upset about the value of a deal. I think they kind of got anchored to the notion that maybe Smart was going to do the team a super big solid by taking that $6 million qualifying offer. Uh, and a lot of other people, I think, kind of just don't think he's worth that much. But uh, I do believe a enterprising young sports writer recently wrote a piece demonstrating the range of players available in that uh, price point of $13 million per year. Might have been you, if I'm not so mistaken. Um, and <laughs> it was a pretty scary looking list of players. And to be honest, there's like maybe two or three of them that come to mind. I think Eric Gordon, uh, Marodic, uh, down in New Orleans, and maybe Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton. Yeah, I think those are the only guys I think that. Yeah, but his, his deal was also inked. Yeah, that deal was in 2015 when it was. A lot cheap. Like the cap was seventy million in twenty sixteen or fifteen versus the like hundred and one that it is now. So if you can, if you change it, if you like adjust it, then he's getting paid a lot more. Fair, and that's the thing that people need to th- be thinking about too on the other end of the deal, because when Marcus Smart comes off of the current deal, it's going to be considerably less. I mean, right now the projections are that the cap is going to go from a hundred. Roughly 101 million to 108 million. So that's like a seven point jump in just one season. Not as much as the whole caps moving thing that got the whole league in a tizzy, I guess you could say, uh, in terms of salaries. But it's mm-hmm. definitely important to consider the fact that, you know, the, the cap this year and the cap in 2014 and the cap in 2022, they're not going to be the same when this deal ends. So. You know, think about it that way, and we could be dealing with another Avery Bradley kind of a situation where when it's signed, everyone's like, oh my goodness, he's not worth that much, and by the end of it, people are talking about how it's one of the best rated deals in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually, I agree with that. Someone, because uh, I was getting a lot of hate on Twitter for the post that I had made sure. yesterday, and uh, somebody wanted it to be the same deal as what Avery Bradley got, and if you compare the caps, it's almost an identical deal. Almost identical. Like It, it translates to like 12.7 versus 12.8% of the cap in both deals which is it's it's identical um and for me I think Marcus brings so much to this team with the exception of the offense that Avery did but I think just more of a, a defensive spark that he that he brings to the team so I think it's huge that we're able to lock him down for is it 13 is four years 52 million which if my math is right yeah yeah, it's, it's 13 on average, but it's 8% raises to keep it in line with, with the NBA max max uh, raise structure. Mostly just to, to be nice to Marcus. It doesn't really matter when you get your money as long as you get your money, but at least in that way, they're, they're saying to him, hey, you know, we're giving you the max we can every year when they really... There was some talk about it being front-loaded, for example, to, to not 
not, you know, to lessen the tax impact when we have to sign some of the younger guys like Jalen and Jason. But, I mean, let's be honest, 8% of his salary is probably not going to make a difference between keeping and losing mm-hmm. somebody. So I, I get the structure. Yeah. Well, so this probably... There is one interesting... Um, what that? Well, this, this probably ends the Celtics' moves for the summer, right? I would think so, yeah. I mean, they could... I mean, they still have the, the taxpayer MLE, which is about $5 million. Um, but there's there's a pretty diminished field of, of interesting guys out there, I would say, for me. If you have any other guys you can think of, some people still up to the board that are realistically available in that range. I mean, Clint Capella is still on the board, but I'm pretty sure he's not going to do uh, uh, DeMarcus Cousins. Mm-hmm. And, you know, jump from, from one potential contender to another just to do that. But uh, Montrezl Harrell, however you say his first name, I should know, considering he played in the American in college. Um, Rodney Hood, Michael Beasley, maybe Jamal Crawford are some of the names out there I think that could be interesting. Um, but I think they're going to be waiting for a buyout, personally. I don't, I don't think they're going to be using the MLEM. I don't think there's a need for an immediate move, you know? I, I think that we've got a really good kind of central roster. We don't need to necessarily go all in on finding that 15th dude. I don't even know if it's necessary as long as we're healthy. So I, I very much agree that it's probably better to bank it and keep it available should we have an injury mid, mid-season. Even even if it's, you know, someone who is potentially going to be back in time for the playoffs, maybe just to keep seeding as best as possible because, you know, I didn't necessarily think the seeding was going to be so important a few weeks ago in terms of the East with LeBron out of, of the Eastern Conference, but there have been some moves, some of them minor, and one of them pretty big that we can get to in a second, that I think might actually make seeing kind of, you know, even more valuable now, particularly if uh, a said person turns out to, be, you know, be engaged in healthy. Well, let's, let's jump to that. Kawhi Leonard, I'm assuming you're talking about? Absolutely. Okay, Kawhi Leonard to Toronto. What? He doesn't seem very enthusiastic, to put it mildly, about moving to north of the border. What do you see? Some some interesting takes like, uh, he didn't just get him out of the east, he got him out of the country. That's a bit much, but, you know, I do think that... uh, this was probably the best available deal of a bad situation for everybody involved. I'm not sure that there was another better deal for a team that wanted to maximize the Spurs having uh, Pop available to them for a couple more years, at least, at least in his current contract. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? you think this is a good deal for both, neither, one? Uh, it depends on if Kawhi actually plays. You know, I mean, like, the dude is supposedly going to consider just sitting the entire season. Which then you lose DeRozan and you lose, you, I don't even know, you lose an entire starter along with an all-star. And it just does not seem, if if that's the case, then Toronto got absolutely fleeced. You know, they, they, if they didn't get a player for it who's going to walk in free agency next year, then they got completely ruined. And that, that's just really awful. Because then it also ruins their, their free agency in summers to come because of having traded DeRozan when supposedly there were promises in place that say that he's going to stay there long term. So I all around, I think Toronto may have gotten really screwed. So there have been some interesting takes. In my, my opinion, when I first heard about this, was that this might be a means of 
getting DeMeyer off the books, you know, he's, he's definitely an all-star. You know, it's happened. It's a fact. He's probably one of the worst all-stars that made the team last year. Maybe not the worst, but one of the worst. And it's entirely possible by the end of his current deal, they are going to both be needing more space to develop the next generation of Toronto Raptors that they've been doing a pretty good job drafting. Um, so I could definitely see, you know, this kind of being like a gamble on accelerating a cap clearing move they probably would have done next season anyway if they didn't have a particularly good season. You know, I kind of almost expected them to to blow it up after that dramatic uh, flop, I guess you could say, against the Cavaliers. Um, but the the narrative that, that Kawhi is going to be sitting out the entire season is uh, not going to do anybody any favors. That'll just be real ugly. I don't think it'll come to that. I think it'll resolve it before that because the the contractual endpoint of that is if you miss thirty days of your thirty games worth of your your NBA availability uh, without a medical excuse, and this is where it gets fuzzy, obviously. Uh, if you're cleared to play in the physical that would, that would require the trade to happen, then he will basically not have, unless something new emerges, a medical excuse not to play. So he would be forced to have another year in his contract in addition to the year on his contract without being paid for the time that he misses at the end of the season has he sat up, even not the whole season, but just 30 games of it. So... That could go really, really badly for him. I, do, I really don't expect that to happen. Um, it could be a situation, though, where they might end up having to trade him again themselves. And in that case, I think they have at least a little bit of leverage against Los Angeles Clippers versus the Lakers because there's been some reporting out there. Maybe this is a couple steps ahead of him thinking ahead of what happens if I get traded to a team I don't like. I think what do you have? this makes me feel a bit better because I, I that was my concern was that he wasn't gonna play you know and that just toronto just got absolutely screwed um but you know i i just i i would be if they want i think that he's obviously still trade bait a lot of teams i think were interested and that the raptors could move on from him and put him somewhere i like the clippers i think that'd be funny all around it'd be a fun narrative because then he's in la but he's not on the lakers where he's been linked uh but the, the Clippers are not a good team, and they won't yep. be a good team. And I don't know if they're even considering buying, you know, with what they've sold so far already this year. So, I, now I think they're going to commit to a rebuild. I don't think the Clippers would, would pay for them. And they don't have a lot either. Picks aren't all that valuable from them. I mean, maybe they do, but I, I just don't think they have a lot of picks. They've been selling those over the past couple of years too, right? They have not. I mean, you know, Doc doesn't really like young players, or at least having to develop them. That's not his thing. He'd rather be a contention-ready, veteran-heavy, kind of ego-managing kind of coach, because that's what he's good at. You know, he's, he's not good at developing players, so I don't know. I mean, I guess they could use it to get off Donald Gallinari's contract, which is... Not exactly what I would call um, a win for Toronto to get back, but at least they would get something under contract yeah. back that can play for some time. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm just glad it didn't come to Boston because, frankly speaking, as enticing as the possibility of, of convincing him to do a Paul George, it's not guaranteed. And 
you know, we haven't heard anything about Boston being a preferred destination, so I have to imagine we'd be going through exactly the same narrative down a couple of potentially key players had that gone well, through. Well, you know, I really liked Kawhi going into this summer, and I'm just really losing a lot of that with just how this is all kind of unraveled. You know, like, I, I'm fine. If you want to trade and you don't want to play for the franchise, you feel betrayed by your franchise, that's fine. But, like, don't continue to be, I, I guess, a child about all this of just, like, not, like, claiming you're not going to play. Yes, like for a year. You know, it's, yeah, it's a business. This is, like, this is a job for him. And he needs to grow up and just play basketball, you know, just do his job. Whether it's in San Antonio, you signed a deal for, whatever, four years, five years with San Antonio. If you don't get traded, you got to play those five years. It's commitment on both sides, and that's I'm kind of annoyed. Was it Brandon Knight who made the uh, the kind of move where he like told Phoenix he just wasn't going to play, or like tweeted that he wasn't didn't want to be there, so they stopped playing him and then just traded him? That was a bad precedent to set because just players can now just like say they're not happy and then they just stop playing and get traded. That's not how it works. Like you're you sign the contract with the team. I'm sorry that that's what happened, but. You know, that's just, it's part of the business. And it, both sides should be held accountable, for sure. Like, Toronto kind of screwed DeMar DeRozan in a lot of ways. They told him he was going to be there long-term. He took a pay cut to be there long-term. And then they they trade him. But at least he's going to a good situation, you know? But, like, I can understand. The GM needs to be held accountable for that, too. Or there just needs to be no understanding of promises. But, you know, it's just like the fact that Kawhi is just so insistent on getting his way... When he signed this deal with, with San Antonio and planned to be there for as long as he was, it just seems really immature to me all around, and it's not getting any better now in Toronto. Yeah, if if they suddenly manage to convince him and he locks in and he's completely healthy, I think they're still a notch below us, assuming we are completely healthy. And to be honest, this this could actually even help us if the situation isn't resolved through any of the many ways it could go south at this point. So for now, I am looking at this deal as a net neutral to, to Boston's regular season and playoff aspirations. Uh, but what do you think? Does this change the way that the East is currently constructed? Should, should, we, uh, should we be worried that, that Kawhi Leonard is going to be you know the new LeBron for us to deal with or what? No, no, we shouldn't. Because whenever we played Toronto, our only problem was DeMar DeRozan. That was it. We haven't really had issues against Kawhi and the Spurs. At least not, like, to the point of DeMar DeRozan putting up, like, 40. Like, he probably averaged 30-plus against the Celtics the past two years. Like, he just, for whatever reason, had our number. Kawhi, Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, none of those dudes worry me straight up. And I just, I especially yeah. with a rookie coach, I'm not... I'm not terrified about it. I mean, they'll have better defense, but that's not our problem. Their their scoring is going to plummet. They don't, I don't know who they're going to turn to to be like the go-to scorer because I don't think Kyle Lowry is that guy anymore. And I, I just, you know, I all around, I just don't love the move to improve Toronto. I know their their championship, at whatever their odds increase from like sixty to one to twenty to one, but I just don't see it. You know, there's just not there's not the threat there that I feel like there is with Philly, even with Washington. I feel like there's more with Washington than there is with, with Toronto right now. Oh, that is that is a pretty bold take. I, I'm not entirely certain I would disagree with you if things go well with Washington. I think that uh, I think that Washington is going to be a lot better than people realize now that they have 
you know, I won't really call Dwight athletic anymore, but I mean, even even with his decline, he's more athletic than pretty much any big man they had in a long time. So they could be a lot mm-hmm. better because of that, even if just because he's, he's going to get them a lot of second-chance points, which they kind of need, uh, the way that they play. Yeah. The, the Bucks, though, I think the Bucks could scare a lot of people uh, who aren't expecting them to be any better than last year. I mean, you have to remember that, that Giannis is a year... Uh, older and is going to take steps forward and is not very old, so there's that to contend with. They, they just, they just. Who did they pick up? They picked somebody up, right? Yep, they picked up Brooke. Yeah, Brooke Lopez from the Lakers yep. on basically an MLE. Uh, I don't know if it was an MLE, but it was about five million dollars worth of salary. I'm pretty sure it was an MLE. Don't quote me on that. But um, I mean, their biggest problem was shooting and spacing, and in one fell swoop, they basically covered that, so they're going to be a lot more difficult to cover, and I think now when we play them, you aren't going to be seeing Al Horford and or uh, Aaron Maines. I think you're going to be seeing both of them on the floor at once, which is, is basically going to require us to get a little more creative with our, our second unit lineups against the Bucks because we won't have the luxury, in my opinion, of, of playing them in that way unless they stagger with the way they, they use Lopez, too. Well, ideally, we, I mean, it would be unlikely that we'd see them in the playoffs, I think. If we're the one seed, Philly is the two, then we'll probably see like Toronto or Washington at the four or five, whereas the Bucks would be the three. I think so in the second round. I think so too. But So like worst case scenario we see them in the Eastern Conference Finals. Which, you know, I I, I don't know. I think I'd I don't know who I'd prefer, whether it's Philly or or Milwaukee in, in the Eastern Conference Finals. But I, I don't think that we'd see either of them until then. I mean, if Philly... Now, there's been some rumbles. Uh, I don't know if you've heard any of this, but there's been some rumbles of trying to move um, Jared Bayless for Kyle Korver. And if that happens, I think we're going to have some problems with Philly. But I think for now, after losing Bielicia, the guy who just signed with the Kings instead of Philly uh, at the last minute, and losing... Um, uh, Bellinelli, I think that they are going to be a lot more challenged of a team, particularly, you know, the, the best shooter now is Redick, and he's, he's aging, you know, he's still gonna, I think, still be good, but if they don't pick up Crawford or someone like him uh, that's still on the market and can shoot, then I think that they are actually, they might end up being a worse team, in my estimation, than even Toronto or the Bucks. I think that I would put the Bucks second and Toronto third in that situation. Well, but Fultz could come back and, like, remember how to be Markel Fultz, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's important to think of him. Yeah, because he, I mean, he could start shooting. Yeah, and he could be a serious spark, you know? Maybe not a starting lineup, but just a good a good scorer, because that's what he was supposed to be, you know? And I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure he still yep. knows how to play basketball, right? I mean, I've been doing good things. I haven't seen too many of them, but I've I, I heard that the yips are a thing of the past. Uh, he's still working his way into NBA shape, but you know I think it would definitely be a mistake for us to assume that he will at least be able to provide a little bench play for them. So that's something. They did lose uh, TLC in that deal, which we should probably get to. Uh, that might make a, 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 a Olympic gold medalist and all-star available for the veterans minimum for a contending team. That is not the Celtics. Yeah, the... Uh...
on the move. How do you how do you feel about I mean he's just that gonna be waived by Atlanta, right? That is what they're reporting from Woj. I have no reason to doubt it. I don't see why either side would want him on the roster. He will make them better enough that he would probably not be uh, worth any amount of money on their roster with their goals of trying to get at least one more good draft pick in the rebuild before they start turning it around. Um, I'm kind of intrigued by uh, Oklahoma City turning turning that deal into something useful to them. In they got rid of, uh, what's his name, uh, Dennis Schroeder, who is currently okay with being a backup for Russ out there in Oklahoma City. Uh, I think that's going to make the Western Conference even more brutal. I think that they might even extract enough losses uh, from the Lakers to push them out of the playoffs this season, which would, on one hand, delight me in terms of uh, bad career decisions for LeBron, but on the other hand, kind of depressed me because I was really looking forward to a postseason matchup. You know, I don't think it's realistic to, for it to happen, but, you know, I can dream about Los Angeles, Boston Finals. Hmm. I, you know, I, I, I think the Thunder have gotten a little better from this, in part because they just had no depth at all, and Schroeder makes it a little bit better, maybe. But, yeah, I just, I, I have been low on that team since they picked up their quote-unquote big three of Mello, PG-13, and Russ. I just was never high on that team. So, I, you know, I still don't think that they're very good. And I don't think it's going to go anywhere, personally. So I wouldn't be surprised if they miss out on the playoffs. What's the playoff picture in the West? It's like Warriors, Houston. Oh, Lord. Is San Antonio... Where do you even drop San Antonio? Well, considering that they won... I don't remember exactly how many games. It feels like about 50 games without Kawhi Leonard, except for like, what, like eight or nine games of the entire season. I think that they have actually taken a step forward... Even though the West has gotten worse, I still think they're a playoff team. I think they're probably like a 7 or an 8 seed right now. I think I would put Denver okay. uh, at above them. Um, I think the Lakers could still maybe squeeze in an 8 seed if they make I know, a couple of smart moves before the end of the season, barring you know, a big superstar trade. I do think you're right with Houston being in second. Uh, Portland is going to be real up and down. I really can't get a good read on how they're going to be. They might they might still be in the, the upper half of the playoff seeding. Um, I don't know. I don't think the Clippers are a playoff team right now. You know, I think the Jazz are probably no, gonna be- not at all. I can't really get a read on them either. But Jazz, actually, yeah, the Jazz, Jazz will be a four. Jazz will be a four or five. Yeah, somewhere in that range. Yeah, I don't know who takes the three. I think Denver's like a six. three would be. I don't know if I think Denver's good enough to be a three. I see. I see him in the picture. Who am I forgetting? Maybe the Grizzlies. Grizzlies can be have. Be healthy. <laughs> They'll randomly be good for no reason. Yeah, if everybody's healthy, they could definitely make the playoffs. I wouldn't see them too much higher than maybe the seventh seed, but you know the Pelicans. No, Pelicans could make some noise. I could definitely see them in the lower end of the playoffs also. But I think that's probably about it. You know, I mean, it's going to be pretty pretty harsh at the top. The top four teams, I think, are going to be really difficult outs and probably as good as anybody coming out of the East, except for maybe the Celtics. The Pelicans really lost that DeMarcus Cousins trade, didn't they? Well, <laughs> they lost like Buddy Heald, and they lost like everything. They've been doing terrible, and you know, I, th- I feel I feel like they're doing better. I think they made the right decision. I don't know if they would make the playoffs, 
if they had kept DeMarcus Cousins on board. So I understand they made him a, a, a $20 million offer, which I think was a mistake. I think that might have just been just high enough to have him reject it and just uh, low enough where they knew that they weren't going to be stuck with a really big problem. Or maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but personally, the idea of missing the playoffs and potentially losing Anthony Davis as a result uh, versus, you know, a downgrade. But you no, know, I think Julius Randle, even wasn't a trade, they basically got him as a result of pulling his qualifying offer. Um, so I kind of like the long-term future of this team better because there's no question about his Achilles. I mean, Rudy Gay has shown that you can come back and play at a fairly high level for a larger guy, but he's not anywhere near the size of a 300-pound, 7-foot-tall guy. You know, and those kind of guys don't really come back from these things too well. So if I were their GM, I probably would have done the same thing once it was clear you weren't going to be able to get boogie on something more like a Marcus Smart size or smaller deal just to kind of like kick the tires for a season. I don't know. I mean, yeah, that makes I, sense. I just was thinking about that. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting season, and I don't think it could really, really, you know, all we talking about this the other week, uh, and. It could actually end up being a huge albatross. I mean, you have two guys who lead the league one and two and getting technical fouls and are incredibly vocal when they don't get the playing time and attention they feel they deserve in the team. Good luck with that. Yeah, right. Isn't that going to be fun? I mean, I honestly, I think the Warriors are going to implode for that reason. You know, he's already, Boogie's already gotten mad about just the lashback from having signed there. He's already gotten upset. That's going to bleed into the locker room. I think it's gonna, you know. I mean, it might not. It might be that they have enough of a team culture to overcome it, but it's gonna drag on them. It definitely will. Somebody is not gonna be happy with the way this turns out, no matter what, because of his stature. If he is playing enough to deserve significant minutes, he's gonna want to be in closing line, lineups, even if he says the right things now. And he makes no sense in their closing lineups. You know, he only makes sense against the Rockets, really. Maybe against us. Maybe mm-hmm. everybody, other, like every other team in the league, really, they're either so good they don't need him, or he doesn't fit their best possible lineup. So, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll see their best possible lineup with him once he can play. But I mean, he's not going to be a play in December, probably. Maybe in January or March. So, I don't know. we'll see. Back to the Celtics. Summer League is done, officially, right? We're done with all the leagues, or is there one more? It's done. Done. Celtics looked actually pretty good. I was keeping up with the scores. I didn't actually watch any of the games. I saw highlights. Um, Yabu actually looked really solid all around, and he was explosive, dude. He was doing it all over the place. He looks a lot healthier this season. I think uh, I think being around the team has actually helped him a lot. Uh, I, I know that the idea of having him in China was just so he would be able to get some some reps in, but the Chinese league kind of, you know, I'm not going to say it sucks, it's probably one of the better non-European leagues in the world, but it's it's a bad league, and there's all kinds of weird rules, and they don't play anything like what Boston plays. It's probably good that he's back over here. I'm just worried that he may have gotten so old and interim that he may never, you know, really live up to the potential of being a 16th pick. But that said, I do think from what I've seen that he should be able to play at least some some deep rotation minutes with us this season. 
What other what other guys were you impressed with? Um, Jabari Bird was fantastic, and they held him out the last game or two for rest. Uh, but I am actually of the mind that he could definitely play a Shane Larkin role on the team right now, maybe even better than Shane Larkin was playing it last season, which is saying a lot because Shane Larkin was really good, and I'm frankly, even though he's still not entirely healthy, I'm surprised that he has not been signed at least by another NBA team. Uh, never mind, say, cutting Nader, uh, which, I don't know, what do you think about um, Nader? His, his decision is coming real soon on the 1st of August uh, for them to not be caught up in the entire guaranteed contract of, I think, $1.5 million, just under $1.5 million. I think they're only guaranteed for 415000 right now. Uh, you think they should keep him, or you think they should cut him? No, they should cut him. I was so low on Nader this season, and I, I think we just we have the guys that we could need to take his time. Not that he had much, but he, especially his limited time on the floor, there was like one time that I was ever pleased with Nader, ever, in the course. And he played a good amount, you know, in like not necessarily crunch time, but like times that it was it was I was upset to see him on the floor and upset to see him make bad decisions. His defense was so no, I, I think Nader should be cut. Yeah, like most of the time in the regular season games he did play in, he looked kind of lost on offense. And I don't know, just he doesn't look like he's going to get any better. He didn't get any better for the entire course of the last season. I understand that he couldn't participate in some league because of the wrist surgery. But, you know, there's, there's salary incentive alone. There's mid time for developing some of the younger guys. There's a lot of reasons to move on from him. Uh, I don't like when teams move on from guys who are sitting out because of an injury. But, I mean, if it happens for Isaiah Thomas, I think we're going to have to accept the fact that uh, Nader, if you do make it on the team, give it everything you've ever had because uh, this is probably your last, 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 last chance at the pros, at least with the Celtics anyways. Um, I really do like to... You know, support guys who work really hard. I'm sad to see Kadeem Allen go, who was released, uh, which made room for this Walter Lemon guy to take his spot. I believe, speaking of New Orleans, he played for them pretty recently. But I mean, with these these end of the roster moves are all about, you know, guys who can play now, but also have some kind of potential. And I kind of feel like, just as with Kadeem, uh, neither. They were, they were playing above their heads and they were trying really hard, but we wouldn't really be reasonable to expect any more out of either of them. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Bird and Allen and, uh, you know, this last uh, roster spot guy leader? I know you're not too keen on cutting him, but what about Bird and, uh, and Kadeem? I, I like Bird a lot, and I, I liked I liked him last season. I thought that he was, whenever he was contributing, that he was really solid for a guy who was, what, two-way contracts? He was like a 16th 15th and a half guy, basically. Um, I, I really liked him, and I would like to see him stay on the roster. But he's he's getting offers from other teams, right? Or he's at least like people want him. Uh, Jabari Bird has remember seeing something like that. interest from other teams. I don't think anyone will tender him an offer just because they don't want to tie up their money because he's like literally the end of the roster kind of guy. Kind of guy. Uh, but we should definitely be watching because now is about the time when teams are pretty much done with all of their, their big moves. And so I think if he makes it through this week, I think that he's going to make it on the roster. Uh, do you think that we should be maybe using that second roster spot for someone undrafted from this year? Or this is scintillating radio, I know, guys. Um, or do you think that 
Jabari is somebody we should really just have on the roster so he can get as many minutes as possible. Because I, I kind of think that he'll get more minutes on, on a two-way, even though I know he really probably wants to cachet of it, saying he's you know on a big boy contract. Finally, I think I think go for the big boy. You know, yeah, because I, I think that he uh, he deserves the time, and I think he'd really grow from it the same way that Yabu did. I think so too. I think that. Uh, He's got a lot of potential still, and just having that progression in front of him would be the kind of thing that would really call for him to keep keep it going and, and, and really buy in. And I kind of feel like maybe maybe relegating him back into that that two way contract for a second season might actually have the opposite effect, and I would be disappointed by that. Jai's light on the world, liar. Let's go to our boy Isaiah Thomas, former Celtic, now Nugget, <laughs> Denver Nugget Isaiah Thomas. Do you think he makes that team legit? I think that they are going to do really well with him. I think that, you know, I mean, they have some young young guards that they're really trying to develop that are probably going to eat up a lot of the, the minutes, but I think, though, that, you know, having him as their... their Say basically the same role that he played when he rose to prominence. That is an ideal situation for him as well as for them because you know, you know they're pretty they're pretty cap constrained. They're they're pretty deep um, in the backcourt. So he's young enough. You know, there's the injury history as a concern, but he's he's young enough where he could still give them another you know two or three year contract. At or above the level I think he's hoping for, you know, maybe not a, a max level, but a significant deal for change. Um, I do think, though, that, you know, this this moved Denver from being a borderline uh, lottery team to probably squarely in the playoffs, barring a surprise by, by the bottom end teams that I was just talking about. What was your reaction to the stuff he said on Twitter about DeMar DeRozan and loyalty in the NBA? Somebody gotta pick up the Ray Allen cape, man. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love Isaiah. Um, I don't know. I, I just hope he doesn't keep this up too much longer. I do still kind of feel, as of now, he is still just barely within the realm to be talking about that. But you know, if he goes kind to Denver and whether it goes good or bad, he, he needs to to let that go after this coming season, in my opinion, just to avoid becoming another reality in reality. Because, I mean, he had plenty of reason to be pissed off and hurt. Plenty. I'm the biggest person to, to back that up. But at some point, you know, bring your feelings to your therapist, not the NBA and Twitter. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I, I, was, I, I feel like we've already kind of passed that threshold. Now it's been a season away. It's been a year now. Uh, not yep. that it's like, I, I don't mind horribly, but it's still like just like, dude, you know, we get it. We read your your players' Tribune piece and stuff. Like we we know how you feel. We understand. We love you. It's just like it's, it's time to go past it. Yep. So can't take it back. Cool. Anything else you want to hit on? Well, uh, our guard Ohale is now semi guaranteed. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I just had to throw that in there because it was a terrible pun. You know, meaning puns. Uh, semi Ohale. In the least surprising news of the summer, which, as far as I could tell, uh, basically completes all of the summer's major business, uh, barring any surprises. So, 
you may hear from us sporadically uh, between now and when camp starts to warm up in, in the beginning of September. Um, I don't know. You guys have heard me say this before, but now, as much as any time, check out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com where we have a huge variety of shirts and hoodies in our store, which you can find in the heading store. Um, you cannot get tickets to the next game under the heading tickets because there are no games. But yeah. remember, when it happens, you can get them. When it does. Someday. Yep. How far are we? We're like three months away from the start of the season. Uh, training camp? Or- Seventeenth, uh, I want to say something like that. Training camp that comes yeah. early too, like the first week of September. I think. Yep. Cool. Well, you can find the podcast on Wooshka, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and most of our podcatcher apps. And make sure to subscribe so that you never miss any of our wonderful, exciting episodes. And if you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you rate us five stars. And if you don't like something or have a suggestion, please let us know with a comment on any Celtics Life article or on Twitter with the hashtag CLPod as we just want to bring you guys the Celtics coverage that you want just the way you like it. All right, Justin. Anything else? Well, I just I want to say to all of our listeners, go do something that isn't basketball or basketball-related, at least I think for a little bit. <laughs> a little do bit. It. I, think we, I think we should make an over-under on how many times we're going to hear Marcus Smart involved in trade rumors over the next four years. We should set that bar now. Now that you signed to a deal. 63. 63? All right. That'll be the over-under. 63 and a half. All right. Have a good one, everybody. Take care. Thank you.